Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Zero Lift. You're here with Ryan, Lenny. I got my drink and my two-step. And John. I'm just chilling. No songs today. Well, on top of that, though, we also have a very special guest. The first one of the Zero Lift podcast, Mr. Ken himself. Hey. Welcome to the show. What's happening, Ken? Welcome. Oh, thanks for having me, guys. Often Excited referenced, never before seen. Now he's here. Probably well, our biggest heard. fan. Absolutely, I think he is. So uh, we're going to uh, be talking about getting off the beaten track or trail. Talking about track rats. <laughs> <laughs> you gonna be all right? Yeah, I'm good. You okay, I, for man? me, it's yeah. For me, it's the trail because I, you know, the the mountain biking. So that's, that's my apologies. That that is the phrase. It's off the nobody says off the beaten track. It's off the beaten trail. Everybody says that. It's oh, I guess it is, mm. huh? Well, I messed up. That's all right. So uh, we'll be uh, talking about those things. Track rats, uh, which I didn't know what that is. Uh, there's also a derogatory term for it, which I'm sure Ken and Lenny and John will explain to me further into this episode. And we're doing 20 questions, uh, which should be exciting, having two gearheads instead of just one versus another gearhead. But the hint is it is meta to the guess. This meta to the guest, and John did not give us a very good hint. Nope. So we'll see if we can get it this time. Nope. This is going to be hard mode. Oh, I disagree. I think it's a very good hint. It's going to be hard mode. This should be fun. That's what we have coming up in the episode. Before that, uh, Lenny, you had a couple things to say. Take it away. Oh, uh, yeah. I want to give a shout-out, huge shout-out to everybody that joined us on our Twitter spaces on Sunday for the Saudi Arabia Grand Prix watch-along. Uh, we had quite a few people in there, and the chat was great. Uh, very lively discussing, and it was it was great. Uh, we need to do that again. We'll probably do that for every race. So be on the lookout for that. If you're not on Twitter, get on Twitter. Uh, we we're gonna do Twitter Spaces for every race this year. All it's gonna be sweet. Of them. Join us. Yeah, all 23, which is crazy. Wait a second. Um, hold on. This next one, I gotta apologize just because my life's been so nuts. I don't know yeah, yeah. if and when I can make it, but this next one's in Australia, and is it taking place at 1 a.m. our time? No, no, it's not. Oh, it might. There's no way. Yeah. John's on the East Coast, so it, it might be super early for him because I know on the West Coast, Australia is. Dedication, people. Dedication. Because I was going to say. Mm, it's going to be 10 o'clock our time on yep. the West Coast. So, yeah, that'll make it 1 o'clock John's time. Wow, I have 12 a.m. That is disgusting. <gasps> All right. Dang. Aussies with their weird time zone. So that's another guard drill weekend for me. But I'll tell you what. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Like We're not going to be working at that time of night. So if we get people to dial in, I will be there if you all want to do it. Dial in if you want John to be there. Yeah, absolutely. You got to dial It'll be in. a, a can... real global Twitter spaces for sure. And you can find that at Zero Lift Podcast on both Twitter and Instagram if you want to see what uh, we post for this week and the pictures I'm sure that will come to follow that Mr. Zero Lift himself posts. So that'll be fantastic. And Lenny, what else you have do. you been doing on the uh, interwebs besides this fantastic social media thing? Uh, so as, as per the usual, I've been trolling the internet, uh, throughout the week. Um, <laughs> the last two days I've got some really big FOMO for my, for my NFT pals that there's a huge convention going down in LA right now, NFT LA, and they're having a blast. And I wish I had the capability to fly down there just, just to party, but I don't. So I'm here I'm on, the, on the internet. And, um, while I was on the internet, uh, on Instagram, actually today, I noticed that there's two new EVs that are coming out um, in the next few years that I am actually excited about. One of them Whoa. being a successor to one of my favorite cars ever, the Lexus LFA. So like just today, Lexus revealed that they're looking to make an all-electric success successor to the LFA um, in the next few years. I think they said by 2030. So, you know, we're, we're maybe eight years out from the actual rollout of this, but I think it's huge. And I think it's pretty on par with the way Lexus and Toyota sort of developed and are indeed the LFA. Like it was a decade worth of development, right? And so it's it's on par for that course, um, but it's supposed to be absolutely sweet. Like the render concepts, it's very sweeping, sort of long hood. Uh, it's got a lot of body uh, design language uh, from the old LFA of 
of yesteryear. I love the elephant. And that was, if you guys recall, one of the 20 question episodes that I brought to the table in the early days. <laughs> and uh, I liked the LFA because Yamaha worked on the sound design to bring the engine. So with an electric or an EV, I wonder if that would lose some of the characteristics of what made the LFA so special. Well, maybe Yamaha will design some special tires for the sound. You know, <laughs> I see. I don't know. I see a couple things with this one. Like on the minus side, you're not going to have. I firmly believe the LFA V10 might be the best sounding engine ever made. That's what I'm saying. Um, right. So you'll miss that. But on the plus side, the LFA is also possibly the ugliest supercar ever made. And this looks terrific. <laughs> so, um, you know, you you're such a hater. I, yeah, yeah, I sure am. <laughs> the LFA is so dog okay. shit ugly. And it, and it begins. <laughs> No there way. It is. That is such a good-looking car. No The way. only downside to the LFA was that it came with a bog-standard automatic transmission. Would have had a, if it would have had a DCT, it would have been just Bro, a remarkable car. The remarkable. LFA the LFA looks like somebody tried to make a Lamborghini kit on a Fiero chassis. <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. You're over-exaggerating. Like, you're outnumbered here, buddy. I, I think most of us think that the LFA is a very beautiful chassis. It's not. It's hideous. But the new one looks incredible, but it's not going to sound as good. So, like, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, I think the new one's kind of You don't like the new one? Yeah. Oh, I'm looking at pictures of it right now. It just looks so... Looks just like, you know, the Super did. And the pre-production mm. models, so I can't uh, imagine how yeah. they're going to screw it up when they release it. Yeah, that's you know? possible. So, you know, it, it could look like the old ones, and yeah, you're right. <laughs> so, so you you saying that kind of makes me Jeez. remember of also another concept car uh, that was unveiled at the Tokyo Auto Salon a few years ago, and I think we were all in Japan for it, and we saw it in person. It was like the Mazda Coupe. It oh also had like a God. long hood. The um, that was the cabin. that was supposed to be the new the new RX series car. Yeah, yeah, the I think so. RX oh the RX Dream. Oh my God, it was beautiful. Yeah, it that car was absolutely beautiful. RX Vision, RX yeah. Vision was oh, the, the name Vision. of the car. And yes, that car was gorgeous. We did all see it in the flesh at Tokyo Auto Salon, and I was stoked. Yeah, they had it up. Had it on the rotator and it was spinning around. Oh my! And it had that, that lot, that volcano red, like five thousand coats deep paint on it. It was super gorgeous. Yep, loved it. it. But Just, the, the one thing that I do know that they all had a connection is that they had that long, sort of hood, uh, front front end design nice. that Super has. This, is, that that this had looks like a Super. You've ruined this for me. I'm looking at this. I'm looking at this plug on Instagram now, and it is just like. Is this just a rebadge Supra? You know what it looks like. You know what it looks like? It looks like a Supra had an illegitimate love child with a McLaren, and that's what the new LFA Oh, like. yeah, because some of the edging on it. Yeah, definitely. I can see that. I can see that. That's good. I like that. Yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't look bad, but it definitely looks like a modern-day Supra with kind of different flarings on it, I believe is the word, right? Um, uh, maybe it'll have functional yeah. arrow. Maybe it was <laughs> unlike unlike yeah. the Supra. Like the Supra. Mm. Yeah, I did. I love it, by the way. I you know I took a I took the uh, Castrol Supra, the Group Four one in yeah. GT7, and oh my god, that thing is tight. I I was like, oh, it's a two wheel drive. I'm going to be in trouble, and it's still it sticks on everything, dude. A lot of fun. I quite enjoy it. So that's a pretty good body shape. Maybe uh, the LFA will come up with some sort of sound design with Yamaha where it plays Beethoven as you're driving. <laughs> Ooh, that'd be classy. Dun, 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 dun. You know, just getting at it as you're accelerating. <laughs> moving on into other EV news. Sure. Still on the EV tip. Uh, Lotus. Lotus has unveiled a new... I, I'm not sure I want to call it an SUV, but it's an EV SUV. Is that what they're calling it with hypercar sort of underpinnings interesting um, and it so it, it's called the lotus electre hey you got electre. it <laughs> jeez um <laughs> what <laughs> eight eight hundred volt battery it's a it's a solid state battery that they're developing it's got uh the capability of more than a hundred kilowatts and so like uh 
kilowatts is sort of a weird power figure for us americans and so i'll make it really easy for everybody that's about 600 horsepower give or take um on whatever electric to horsepower conversion um i still think duck power is is best but i agree the way of the world um (laughs) it's going to be built in china wuhan china so make sure you sanitize that shit when you order it people um vaccine the lotus batmobile uh does it come yeah. with booster shots? Does it come with booster shots and booster seats? Uh, it probably comes with a bunch of NAS in the form of electricity. Um, one thing that I think is interesting note here, it kind of looks like the Lambo Uranus. I mean, the Yaris. Yeah. <laughs> Did you purposely or... Well, especially in this yellow, uh, the, the yellow livery that they've got on this or colorway. I don't know what you say in car speak. Um so it's just it, colors it's okay. called it's called paint thanks <laughs> whatever so the colorway on this is is yellow which matches matches with the, the lamborghini urus generally shown on and even with the hubs uh the wheels too they look very lambo in their design yeah 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 um so lotus is now a chinese owned company and so they're probably just Ooh. copying pasting to be honest, it, it looks very much like the Lambo SUV, um, yeah. albeit with a few less sharp edges, which is particularly why I do not like that Lambo SUV, if I'm going to be totally front honest with you guys. I think it's hideous. And anybody who buys that car is a, on a level of gaudy that I cannot fathom. Yeah, that's like oh, all my Italian friends back in New York. My buddy Chris, <laughs> he drives one and about as gaudy as it gets. Is it is it less gaudy right. than somebody who knows the color paint hex code of their vehicle? That's not gaudy. That's called being an enthusiast, right? You gaudy. might try it. Sometime. Educated. That's education. Oh, okay. 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 I'm just trying to figure out where we're at here. Look, I just hate. You gotta be careful with your shots today, Ron, because like you got you got yeah. three gearheads. Yeah, you're gonna get you're gonna get ganged up on, son. Hey, it's okay. I can still break your ankles. Bang, uh, bang. So, I I just hate. <laughs> I hate luxury SUVs. I hate them. I'm not I'm not a truck and SUV hater. I just hate like if you need a truck, you need a truck, right? I get it. You need space, you need to haul stuff, you need whatever. Yeah. Bunch of bratty kids in the back. I like I have absolutely I have absolutely no desire to have a luxury SUV. So these luxury SUVs are the same problems they run into with crossovers, right? It's essentially the same market with more money. Yeah. And it is a non-enthusiast market that thinks buying a bigger car is, it's going to make me safe on the road. And yet not yeah. using your turn signal, driving over the speed limit, and just generally not being somebody who should be on the road. It doesn't matter what type of car you drive. I see no difference between the, the Lamborghini Urus and uh, Jeep crossover type of deal, they're the same type of drivers. It's just the the money bracket changes. Well, but at least right? at least with a at least with a Jeep, at least with a crossover, like that's a utilitarian market, right? It's like yeah, it drives better than a minivan, but it basically fulfills the same purpose as a minivan. Once a minivan's get... way better than a crossover. Don't you doubt on minivans? No, minivan's trash. But uh, once you to the fifth, there, I'm just gonna no, stay out of that. You should. Once you get <laughs> once you get into the Lexo SUVs, you're basically buying a car that is like it's not an appliance anymore; it's a commodity. But you're taking all the commodity out of it by its form factor. Yeah, and that's what I do. Like, why would I spend a quarter million dollars? on a car that's designed to tote my bratty kids and spill McDonald's in the seats and put my dog in it and stuff. And I'm not going to do any of that in it. So like, why wouldn't I spend a quarter million dollars on a car that's like actually, you know, rewarding myself. So John, you don't have kids. So that's part of it, I guess. No, I'm not hating. Some people need cars that haul kids, but you don't want to put your kids in your Lambo, dude. Like what? That's exactly right. I agree. But so here's the difference. I will, I will never, own a crossover i will i will drive a minivan i will drive a truck or i would drive a, a type r or some sort of sporty vehicle because my minivan is essentially a closed off long body truck i have fit a motorcycle i have fit 
two kayaks in my minivan. I can fit literally four to five mountain bikes, and I can fit literally seven or eight people in my van. A crossover will never achieve that sort of utility, ever. You're right. And and newer minivans have essentially they don't have the four wheel drive capabilities, but they have the electronic systems that are capable of maneuvering and utilizing the front wheel drive front engine to its maximum potential. I'm telling you, yeah, minivans are on a different level, dude. Minivan, you know, look, I. That can? <laughs> nothing, nothing, nothing. I, I still, I still don't. Di- I dislike the new trim on like the new Honda Odysseys with the little like shelf cut on them. I don't like that. I prefer the straight line. But I'm telling you, crossover drivers are people that buy vehicles because they have all-wheel drive or they're bigger and it makes them feel safe. They should be driving your Altimas and your normal Civics and your Ford whatever's and your Malibus and your Impalas. That that's what those people should be driving, but I mean they drive crossovers now because it makes them feel safer on the road. I think what you guys are missing here is the business aspect of it. And right. me as the savvy investor that I am. Uh, NFTs right anyway. now does not make me an investor. <laughs> it's a new it's a new asset class. <laughs> albeit a more risk risk on asset class, you know, please go to an economics class. I've um, taken one, buddy. What we're really fine. seeing, what we're really seeing here is is a market expansion from these luxury brands, right? Like you look at Ferrari, yeah. you look yeah. at Lamborghini, you look at Lotus. They're brands first, right? And so, um, in the past, you know, fifteen, twenty years, they've had diminishing return sales on all their cars because those exotic cars are now more expensive to make, and they're they're losing money on each car that they sell, no matter what, right? For right. example, Bugatti. How much does Bugatti lose on every Veyron, or how much do they lose on every Veyron, right? Um, and so what they're trying to do is get a hold of this other niche market in the SUV world and and sort of uh, just build their brand a little bit more globally. And so the person who – the dad who has the Lambo or the Porsche or the Ferrari or whatever – is a douchebag. That's besides the point. Um, personalities aside, like if they already own a Ferrari, a Lamb, or whatever, those luxury car brands, they're more likely to rebuy that car, especially if it's in like an SUV, right? And so their wife could drive the Fer- the new Ferrari SUV, That's and they could be the in their four five eight Italia, right? Uh, then Lamber- uh, then what Ferrari has is like uh, this loyalty program for people, and so like it becomes a sort of membership thing. I get it. And I it's all. Yeah. I, I want. I want to hear Ken's take on this. Actually, so okay, as a new car guy, right, coming in, it's like, how do I pick my brand, right? Do I go down the the, the Nissan line and be a Skyline guy like John and Lenny? Do I go into Toyotas? Oh. Am I an Audi guy? But I somehow manage up on Honda, right? Which is let's go. What, what is it? myself. Right, right. So, like, I mean, obviously, besides the fact that Honda is the best Japanese brand. How is it that, like, someone would, the normal casual non-enthusiast picks a brand of car that they get into? What is your thoughts on that? Well, like, if you're talking about supercars, the casual picks a car like that because they're looking for some clout, right? They're looking for some Nobody just goes out and buys a Lamborghini SUV because they're like, you know what? This is going to be a great car to get me back and forth. (laughs) I love this thing. Like, this doesn't have it. If you've got bread like that, most people are going to go out, they're going to buy a Range Rover, they'll buy a Land Rover, you know? True. If you're behind a Lamborghini SUV, you're straight up looking for attention. That is it. That's it. You look at a Flex, but that's not, it's a ridiculous car. It's a ridiculous car. What it is. So but, do you think the EV Lotus is going to be the same sort of deal than just EV, essentially? Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, probably, probably. I mean... It's going to be an SUV, but it's not an SUV, right? Because it's basically a car with a high roof line. And they're going to promote it as having four. Yeah. They're going to be like, oh, it has four electric engines and it does zero to 60 in, you know, 2.7 seconds. But anybody who's legitimately in the market for an SUV is going to look at that thing and be like, "Uh, but can it go over a speed bump without scraping? Probably. (laughs) 
Right. And can I put this on my, my Instagram story later and look like a total baller? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, that's, that's, the, why, I think, that's why anybody buys a car like that. You know? Do those ride I'm better? Get I mean, in there. Is it a better comfort level inside versus a sedan? Probably not. No. The, this car, it's a car. The, yeah, it's, it's this car is the antithesis of what Lotus is. Like, okay, you understand? Like, Lotus, we're like, hey guys, we want to try and make a car that's more usable and normal driver friendly. And they came out with the Evora, which is as hard edged as most people's like flagship sports car. Uh, right. You know, exactly. And I so love the green. Trim this on is so. And and Lenny, to your prior point like i don't hate the player i just hate the game um <laughs> i can't hate on these companies because yeah these crossovers and this bs and these luxo suvs they're hot right now they're selling like hotcakes everybody wants one i'm just saying it doesn't make any damn sense to me and like these cars are a compromise and it's like it's like the dude that never tows anything never hauls anything never goes off road doesn't work whatever and he buys a 350 dually super duty um to just play. buy a ford f-150 brother. lightning just buy a ford f-150 lightning do the planet don't do that don't do that uh, <laughs> don't do that don't do that but like you know what i mean like he would have a better time driving literally anything than that dually super duty whatever um but he just bought it just to do it and it it just kills me it just kills me. Like, if you have that kind of cash and you want a commodity car, there's so many amazing... Like, this might be the best time in the history of cars to, like, get a just a, a fuck-off, like, crazy car. Because everybody's stuff right now is awesome, honestly. Like... It really is. If you buy a high-end car right now, you practically can't buy a bad one. No. You can't. Well, good luck getting one, though. You have yeah, to wait true. for six six months to a year. So, all right. Well, that's that's the news. Let's let's get into Ken being our guest here. And you know, we alluded to this a little bit talking about this EV kind of crossover quotation mark SUV. And Ken, one thing I learned from Lenny and John, who know you in person, is that you really like to get off the beaten track. And I'm going to say that now just I to kind of annoy these so two. Much. You know how this goes, folks. At I'm least you're things. consistent. Exactly. I'll give you that. I'm consistent in shooting my J's, bud. <laughs> so, uh, uh, basically, you kind of, John, I know you do some off-road, but Ken, are you kind of even more so than, than John when it comes to this off-road stuff? And Lenny, I guess yes. you have your Lexus. Sorry, I didn't leave you out, Lenny. I guess. You <laughs> I guess. Here's a, here, you have like <laughs> an SUV crossover. I'm, I'm, I'm going to cut you off right there. I'm going I'm to let you finish. Don't Kanye me. But... Don't Kanye me. I'll let you finish. No, hold listen. on. I, I have a, a 2009 Lexus GX470, probably the best SUV Toyota has ever put out of a plant with the best okay. motor and drivetrain, okay? I and you agree with definitely put that. I'm going to shut up now. Look, Ken, uh, Ken do you agree with uh, Lenny? He's shaking his head no. I think, okay. I think the Lexus GX is a great vehicle. There's no doubt about it. I would love for Jess to get one. I think it's awesome for getting the kids back and forth to school. Right, it's 100% that car. But to say that it's one of the best SUVs Lexus has ever produced is ridiculous. It doesn't have Toyota. a front locker. I was, I was it doesn't specific. have a rear locker. You did. No way. No, no way. No way. The best SUV, no, 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 you, you, SUV Toyota has ever produced is 100% without a doubt modern land. That thing is But I mean, but the Lexus okay, GX okay. is good. I'll, that I'll is an that. outstanding platform. It really is. Got a great drive train in it, but called one of the best. These, you know, you but know, wow. in other markets, it is called a Land Cruiser, and it, it's all it sits on the same chassis and frame as the Land Cruiser, and so it does, and it actually sits far. on the same chassis and frame as the Forerunner, um, the FJ Cruiser, so it, it shares the same chassis, but it's not equipped with anything. So, like so, in other markets, it's the Prado. Right, so it's a Land Cruiser Prado. It usually mm -hmm. comes spec'd out with a center locking differential, a rear locker, a track. I think yours does have a track. It doesn't come. Mine does have a track. Else. It doesn't have the center locker, but that was an option. Yeah, but it doesn't have a rear locker, and a rear locker in the nope. Lexus GX models was never an option. It wasn't. Yeah, they're also no, right. all-time all-wheel drive. 
which in my opinion is not super great because it's terrible for fuel economy. Yeah. But, yeah, no, the, the Lexus GX is great. It is definitely <laughs> great. Um, for a long time, they were sleeper SUVs, and you could pick one up for like, you know, under 10 grand. You know, yeah, it, I picked mine up for 10 grand. So, they're, they're awesome. So, you just, you just rambled off a bunch of stuff that these two understand and I don't, Ken. So, uh, when you say rear lock, what do you mean by that? So a rear locker, it could be two things. You could have an e-locker or you can have an air locker. And basically what it does is it, it locks the rear differential. So it's almost operating as you know, a solid rear axle. This way, you're putting traction down at both wheels with zero slip. So if you find yourself in a weird articulated off-road situation where one wheel is perched up in the air, the other wheel is going to continuously spin and get you up and over the obstacle or out of a sticky situation. That seems necessary. Oh, yeah. super necessary. So, Ryan, I, I can't remember if we talked about this on an episode or if, when you were asking me, like, tuning tips on, you know, sure. the sim or something. But uh, I won't get into differentials, but I said that power <laughs> that power takes the path of least resistance in a normal car with an open differential. So, like, if you put a wheel up in the air and you hit the gas, all of your torque is going to go to that wheel in the air. And the other the wheel, wheel in the air? We d- yeah. We talked about it on an episode, actually, I believe. Yeah. yeah. So a locker basically locks them together. You can imagine it's just a solid bar between the wheels, and so they're just always spinning together. I think we kind of dived into it, actually, a bit when uh, Lenny took his cruise in the hat hatch there through the hills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. I believe that's the episode we talked about that and how awesome hot hatches are and how good front-wheel drive is, <laughs> and you guys are sleeping on it. Absolutely, yeah. The VW uh, with the torsion uh, front diff. Yep. There it is. Um, I, I do, do remember things. I do want to set the record straight that I would say that I am probably a distant third in off-road enthusiasm behind Lenny and Ken. So interesting. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I get out Even there with your Tacoma, there. which is yep. the best truck, or whatever. I just, I'm not or... out there as much as these guys are. I'm not. I've okay. done some really cool stuff. I've done some schools. Uh, I've done some camping trips on my motorcycle off-road, but like I just don't get out there as much as these guys do. So, and this as a guy who is a, an outdoor enthusiast via hiking, and now I'm getting in, and I, I'm a mountain biker. I'm getting into the e-bike scene through mountain bikes and expanding the distance. I mean, understanding what that looks like in the car scene to me is quite interesting. Uh, I did have a Jeep Wrangler last year for two months with all the extra off-road tires, all the turn off the differentials, move your axle, everything, um, which was amazing. But it sucked to drive around. Like, getting to the destination is, like, destroying your gas mileage. Um, and so I found so that kind of weird. Drove it, you drove it for two months and it didn't break on you? Wow, that's a rarity. It, no, that Wrangler was fantastic. It was a soft top <laughs> and it was really good. No, I really so liked it. It was a light joke on the reliability. The, the, the only, uh, the only opportunity though I had the, to like use all of the settings was there's a safari park, uh, between Omaha and Lincoln that has like Buffalo and stuff. And for father's day, I took, uh, my daughter, my good friend, his daughter, we went for father's day. I turned all the things on and we're in a safari park going Jurassic park style, looking at Buffalo. And I'm like telling my five-year-old to stand up and like, look out the top. Like, I don't give a shit about seatbelts right now. We're in a safari park. Stand up girl. Let's go. Like, yeah, exactly. It was it was fantastic. So, both, I guess part of it too, John, is it because, Ken, you're in San Diego and Lenny, you're in Sacramento. Does California just mm-hmm. afford you more opportunities to go and do off-roading with vehicles compared to where John is in the Appalachians? John's nodding his head aggressively for those that can't see him at home, which is all of you. <laughs> what would you say on that, Ken? Yeah. Do you prefer Southern California or Northern California? Um, so me personally, I'm all about Southern California. I love the desert. I think it's a pretty amazing place. But yeah, as far as you know, off-roading goes, Southwest region probably provides you with the best off-roading. But if you look at Utah, Arizona, I love Utah, Mexico, absolutely, you know, like, it's it's the best off-roading in the nation. No arguments whatsoever. I mean, if you go like Pacific Northwest, you get some badass off-roading up there, but it's different. It's different. You get like you get a lot of mud up there, whereas down here you get to experience a little bit of everything. You know, if you want to find some mud, you can find some mud. You know, that's yeah. 
but the rock falling out here is just it's amazing it really is it's awesome awesome. i i will say because i i've driven down to to ken's uh ken's place in san diego and we've met we met last uh last year out in alabama hills um that down south in socal there's definitely a lot more wheeling opportunities like just straight up like rock crawling like that really hardcore stuff yeah um whereas up here in norcal or at least in the tahoe area where i'm at um it's a lot more trail it's a lot more mountain it's a lot more you're just on the trail off road to get to your camp spot or to your fishing spot or you know whatever we do have the rubicon trail up in tahoe um and that's all you know that's exclusively wheeling really um I haven't done it because I'm still on on you know beginner status level. Uh, is it because my... you drive the Lexus GX? I think that's what it is. If only I could have found it. boy still has a, the vanity side skirts on it. Oh, no. Oh, what a casual. <laughs> still be casual. <laughs> oh, hold on. Let's, let's stop this right here. Ken, correct these two motherfuckers. I am oh. an absolute psycho in the GX. Now I got it. Uh, when we were out this. in Alabama Hills, I did. I was. I was absolutely zero lift through everything. I was a psycho. Please tell them what's up. No, yeah, you were an absolute psycho. <laughs> okay, so Lenny doesn't know how to drive off road because you know basically. <laughs> Thanks, Ken, for affirming that. So, okay, now let's talk about. So we've we've talked about. Lenny and his, uh, <laughs> I've got a Brady Bunch look going on right now from Lenny. Uh, so essentially, he's driving this Lexus GX. So what is your weapon of choice to properly tackle these trails? What do you use? Well, I've got a 2010 Toyota F-shaped cruiser. Um, it's okay. a Trail Teams edition. So it's, you know, a limited edition. It's got, you know, rear locker, A-track. It's a pretty great vehicle. It's pretty ugly, but it's a pretty. It's a weapon of choice. The weapon doesn't have to be pretty as long as it gets the job done, right? I think it looks really nice, dude. Especially with what I mean, you've done with the front bumper. It's definitely yeah, now it does. It's definitely come a long way from its, you know, from its glory days when I first got it. Now it looks. What made you choose that as the off-road vehicle of choice? Then what? What was that? The, the standout for you versus any sort of other off-roading vehicle that's out there, currently? like a Forerunner, say for instance. Oh, so I actually had a Forerunner. So I had a Forerunner, and it was a third-gen Forerunner. The thing was outstanding. You know, I took it all over Florida, um, southern Georgia. So I did a ton of, of off-roading with it. But um, I really just fell in love with the FJ Cruiser when I was in you know, It was a, uh, one of the guys who worked at Gate, who was a Japanese security guard, and had one that was like sandstorm. It tan, real good, completely worked. I was like, wow. And so I, I didn't think that we were going to be in the States so long. I figured we were going to transition back overseas pretty quickly. So I didn't get it at first. But then when I found out that we we're coming out to San Diego, so before, and I, said, oh, and I was like, this is just got to be. And I mean, truth be told, uh, Ken made it out to, to San Diego before I moved back to the States from Japan. But in that transition time for me, Ken had bought the FJ and I was looking for an off-road car because I knew first and foremost, like my GTR was the, my daily driver in Japan and it was on a boat still. And so like I needed something to get along uh, in the meantime and also something a little bit more economical. And so I was actually looking f- to become an FJ uh, bro to, to Ken as well. But uh, it was what the summer of 2020. Uh, the and market so, like, we were all exploded. This- and it was just when everything really exploded. And like, I couldn't get an FJ quick enough. Like any FJ that Ken would send me a link for or that I would find on the internet, like I would immediately message the dude. And like, he's like, oh, sorry, bro. I just sold it, you know, like two hours ago or something. And they were like 14 grand, 15 grand, 18 grand. Uh, I think I saw one down in San Jose that was a trail teams. It was that forest green. It was off-roaded mm-hmm. out. It, had, it was kitted out. I really wanted it. 24k can't so get here, that now here's the thing too it's for the casual like a forty thousand dollar fj they stopped producing this car in 2014 2014 in america okay in america 
So for most of our viewers in America, this car stopped being produced in 2014. And you, you've basically only mentioned Toyota off-road vehicles. Is there a reason for that? Is everything else kind of a joke then compared to Toyota? Oh, no. There's a lot of really great vehicles out there. You know, like my brother has a sweet Wrangler. Um, for me personally, it really just comes down to ability of Toyota. Like, okay. It's that brand thing we talked about earlier. Yeah, well, absolutely. And I'm a little bit of a Toyota fanboy. So oh, it's the Toyota. What about the Toyota tax though? Is that a thing? Yeah, it is. But the resale value of them is ridiculous. So that yeah. tax kind of cancels itself out. It does. John, John needs a soapbox. I'm feeling a John soapbox. Now, here. so look. Okay. <laughs> I I will say when you're talking about off road vehicles, I in you know if you guys think I'm wrong, correct me. But like, I would say if you're talking about people that like really go out and do the thing and like get their cars dirty, um, yeah. There's I mean, there's there's people that do it with anything, but there's two like predominant camps, and that's Jeep sure. and Toyota. Hundred um, percent. And you've got okay. guys like yep. you got Nissan Pathfinders that'll do the thing, and you've got dudes that get like trucks, like old Blazers and stuff, and stuff like that. But like in terms of like cults of off roading, it's Jeep and Toyota. And hundred percent. Yeah. Why would you take those over like an F one fifty or a truck? What what gives you the advantage with these particular vehicles over a truck that can? that rangers use for example or people that Our are overland capability first and foremost okay yeah. so a normal f-150 is actually not that great at off-road sure and what makes a jeep great it okay and if we're talking like if i'm gonna go c- compete and like do weird stuff and roll my damn thing over like i'm gonna build a jeep sure. i'm gonna build a jeep because they're Short wheelbase, wide. It's the frame. Okay. Yeah. Short their appro- approach yeah. and departure angles, ground clearance, aftermarket, all the stuff I can kit it out with. Like, yeah, except no substitutes. Um, the reason I give a damn about Toyotas is because for the average guy that's doing normal stuff, a Toyota can pretty much go anywhere a Jeep can go, and it's just a better car. Gotcha. Um, I mean, it's true. Sense. It's much easier yeah. to live with. Having the front independent suspension versus a solid front axle is just a night and day difference, and it's it's true. Okay. Yeah. So, besides doing off roading, Ken, you also uh, these two talked about the fact that you really like track rats, and there's a derogatory <laughs> term for this that I'm refusing to use. Uh, track sluts. Guys, thank you, John, as the derogatory person <laughs> of this. And I have no idea what that means. And so I'm sure most of our casual audience doesn't like, I'm thinking like women and that's why I said it's derogatory. That's what I took it as. That's nah, why man. I said, well, track. I'm a man. Did and you I'm just a slut? assume a car's gender? Yeah. I'm a man and I'm a slut. No, Don't but that's the gender. Geez, this is 2022 folks, uh, where <laughs> GX is considered off road and it's a joke. Bro, and, uh, a white heterosexual you know you know cisgendered male just called himself a slut. Like we're we're equal opportunity here. I get it. I get it. You're, yeah, you're, and, you're, I, and, you're and you know, if you're gonna attack my GX really quick, I will say that I still have commuter tires on it, and I've probably driven more trails with those commuter tires than most of the people that that post their That's uh, off-road rigs on Instagram. Okay, and I've gone more off-roading in my Honda Odyssey than most casuals. Ken's so got something fine. to say here. Ken's ready to fire. Go boy. They're also mismatched, Lenny. Don't forget to add it to this match. <laughs> you know what? You didn't have to throw all of my laundry out there, but I appreciate that. Yes. They are mismatched tires. I have two of the same in the front, and then my rears are mismatched. So uh, the, you more, know. the more I learn is that me driving and owning up to the fact that I drive a Honda Odyssey and just owning it is still better than a non-functioning GTR, drank folks. Whoa. And easy look no okay okay no. okay i'm, I'm just gonna saying. back up lenny on that one I, I would rather have a broke gtr than your honda odyssey but i get yeah, that. i could i could go down to my garage and turn it over and it starts okay so it's not, not okay. functioning okay so okay. it's my choice all right well, then be, let's be, you know all right but i'm just saying like, You're respectful i'm okay that's true <laughs> you do have a baller car i don't disagree with you uh this gx though it just seems like a kind of hopped up you know, you're doing what you can with it. Like I, I've done disgusting things with this van that shouldn't have been done that most van users are not going to do. So no, I get it. Man. It sounds like no. Lenny's oh, so, car. So Lenny's car has legit off-road the chops. Absolutely. I okay. Would. Okay. No, that thing is. It's a. It's a Land Cruiser, dude. Like it's a okay. straight so up it's chassis. It, it's a body on frame car. It's not like a crossover. It's got a solid rear axle. Like it's. It's basically a luxury forerunner. 
That's what okay. it is. I'm just calling shots like a filthy casual to try to figure out where the shot should be fired. That's all I'm saying. So, You're missing a lot, I'm just going to say. I'm sure I am. I'm a filthy casual, and it's fine. I'm still learning, folks, <laughs> now, hey, be- as we all are. Well, hey, before we walk off the off-road thing, I did want to do a shameless little plug. Like, Sure. Ken is gets out there and does the thing a lot, and he's uh, got a little uh, attention for it, if I'm not mistaken. You're like semi-ghetto famous on the internet, aren't you? So I've got a, I've got a, a nice following. Yeah, I've got a nice following. You guys can check me out on unt.fj on Instagram. Well, um, I think I think I'm you cut out. On, Can you say that? Say your site again. Yeah. So it's uh, uh, my Instagram handle is untamed underscore fj. You know, I mean, if you want to follow my stories and check out my adventures, it's all there. I say, you know, I got a couple thousand followers, and um, I'm actually working out some sponsorship deals now. Yoda family reached out to me; they want to sponsor the FJ. They get some affiliate links and discount codes for everybody to have, which is rock and roll. And it's funny because they actually. So, uh, yeah, when we, when we conclude with this, I'll uh, keep chatting with them. But um, actually, I got, I, no I don't doubt. want to put this out there too much, but another company just reached out to me as well. So we'll see where that goes. There you go. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to need that discount link for sure. Yeah, well, so I, I will. Could, you know, do some real off road stuff to my GX since it's just a civilian casual. It is, and so we'll 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 add we'll add Ken's uh we'll add Ken's Instagram through our Instagram at Zero Left Podcast and at our Twitter at Zero Left Podcast. We'll we'll link his Instagram to both of those to make sure you guys can follow. If you want to follow an actual off road enthusiast, you can check out Ken's Instagram. So let's talk about track stuff. Actually, Uh, hey man, I think I think yeah, I think we should save track toys for another day. We can have Ken back on. Okay. Let's uh, do it. Yeah, we're about at time here, so let's go. Let's do twenty questions, and we'll bring we'll bring it, folks. Let us know, Ken. You, we'll bring you back on and get you talking about your track. We did off roading today. We got track for another day. Let's do twenty <laughs> questions, John. You said that the uh, car is meditative guest, which means it's either a track rat or an off road vehicle. I'm guessing. So let's go. Let's uh, right. dial in dial in the rules for those that don't know. And uh, you can't pick concept cars. I know that much. Correct. Uh, so what I wish I was driving segment where we essentially play 20 questions with cars. These cats got 20 yes or no questions to ask me the car that I'm thinking of. And uh, then they got to guess it. Um, they can only guess once. So if they guess the wrong car, the game's over. And um, for this particular car, generation is irrelevant. Um and so with that, let the questioning begin. Is this car Japanese? Oh, okay. Japanese, yes. All right, Ken, you take number two. All right. Is this an all-wheel drive platform? All-wheel drive, no. Hmm. I know where Ken was going Is with that. Is this... A four-cylinder car. Four cylinders. Nah. Hmm. Probably makes it sticks then. Turbo charge? Turbo. No. Aspirated six-cylinder. Not in one drive, but meta. I'm sorry, I kind of spaced out for the first answer. Was that a yes for Japanese cars? It was indeed a yes Stoner for Japanese. Yeah, we're in Japan. Yeah. Which it helps with the meta. Is this a real-wheel drive car or a front-wheel drive car? Got to be yes or no question. Which one you ask? Yes or no questions. Uh, it's a front-wheel drive car. Are you asking if it's front-wheel drive? Front-wheel drive, No. Yeah, you can get into the tricky uh, multiple choice questions, Ken, when you've been on a couple episodes. Oh, <laughs> so it's not all-wheel drive. It's not front-wheel drive. It must be rear-wheel drive. Is there any other sort Absolutely. of drive? Is there a mid-wheel drive? We know drive? it's Japanese. We know it's rear-wheel drive. We know it's naturally aspirated. Because Japanese well, don't no, no, supercharge. No. How many supercharged Japanese cars are there? There's a, got, there's a few. A bunch? There's a few. There's a few. Ken says a, a bunch. Few. Lenny says a few. I would say a handful. It's a few. I would say, yeah. Well. Okay. A handful's all you need. Yeah. <laughs> Half a hand's all you need. 
Is this a midship car, John? Mid-engine, no. Hmm. So that takes out the Toyota SW11 MR2, because I think that was supercharged. So it's front and rear-wheel drive. That's the first one I thought of when we said supercharged Japanese car. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a great car, by the way. Terrific. Um, hmm. Is this a Toyota? Toyota, yes. Ah, come in with the clutch questions, boys. <laughs> Ken knows it's an inline six engine. Does it have an inline six engine? Yes. See, I told you. I told you it was a six. I said V six, but inline six. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Hmm. That doesn't really narrow it down because Toyota made a bunch of inline sixes or put a bunch of inline sixes in their cars. So that doesn't quite narrow it down for us. Ben, was this Ken, made in the eighties, John? Oh, I think I actually might know what car it is. Okay. But I'm not going to guess yet. I'm not going to well, guess yet. Start, start, start um, taking shot questions. Or 80s. Let's go with the 80s question first. John, is this car in the 80s? 80s, no. Okay. So, right. Ken, if you know what it is, start asking questions around it to narrow it down. Uh, was this car produced in the 60s? Was this car produced in the 60s? Yes. Oh, I know exactly what car it is, John. I know exactly what car it is. Okay, so if you know the name of the car, ask a question relative to the name of the car, Ken. Yeah, just shoot the J. Does this car have the uh, the letters GT in its model name? Yes. All right, I know what car it is. Ken's dialed in. Shoot the J, bud. Shoot the J. I might know it as well here. I think it's the Toyota 2000 GT. It is indeed the Toyota 2000 GT. There it is. Ah, there it was. (laughs) So I was hoping, I was hoping, because Ken has a lot of cars he talks about a lot, but me and Ken once bonded while we were playing Forza over our immense love of the Toyota 2000 GT, and I thought that maybe that was obscure enough that that would confuse y'all with the calling it a meta hint. It Uh, looks like a Supra. mm, Honestly... That car, oh, it is amazing. One of the most beautiful really cars on wheels. ever made. Uh, Why does it look absolutely. like a Supra? I don't think it looks like a Supra at all. I think it looks like a Ferrari 250. Absolutely. No. That, I think it looks like a Ferrari 250, an old Jag. I see a Supra. Mm-hmm. I see a Supra. It, the, 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 it. the long front end and the curvatures of it, to me, is a Supra. Ryan, go look up a Ferrari 250 GTO and then go think, about, right, hold on. Go think about what you just said. Ferrari 250 GTO. Yeah. Uh, I want to note here on the Toyota 2000 GT Um, that it it was the only uh, non-British car that James Bond ever drove in one of the movies. Uh, Dang it. And me as a James Bond fanatic, I'm spacing out on the, uh, the movie it was. Dang. I think it, I think it's you, you you only live twice or something like that. Uh, it was never yeah. say never. Yeah, no, it was you only live twice. It was you only live twice. Oh, it was only live twice. Yeah, so great I, movie, great James Bond movie. I way. see I what you it. mean. I see what you mean. Where it's it's more cut in than the Supra is. The Supra is kind of more open on the in the front and the mouth. It doesn't. Of it. it doesn't look like a Supra, bro. It doesn't look like a Supra. It looks like a sixties okay. flowy. Okay. Okay. It looks if like anything, a type, I would say like that a, the LFA is, is more to the 2000 GT than the Supra is. Look, I'm just saying it's a coupe with a long nose on it. And to me, not the Supra has just got a bigger front end on it. And like the, the actual where the, the lights are and everything. I think that this does. I agree that the Ferrari 250 GTO. This is a Japanese version of that vehicle. And it's got the front uh, I also I, I thought Toyota I produced that car to kind of compete with the Jag E Type. Oh, I could see that too. Yeah, the very right. E-type. I mean, they kind of they kind yeah, of you're right. the same. You're right with the Jag mm-hmm. E Type. I totally agree. I think Absolutely. you're right. Um, 
Hundred percent. Good pick, John. Good pick. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Even though you guys got it fast, you got that in. Uh... Man, you, Ken, you've been listening to way too many episodes. You know exactly <laughs> how to play That's the game. That's a good game. delta. That's a good delta. Listen, man. I listen to them every night. They help me fall asleep. Perfect. I'm glad we're boring <laughs> enough to help you fall asleep. <laughs> oh, it's perfect. The well, folks, uh, you guys can uh, like our uh, content on any sort of social media. Uh, I guess any platform you listen to podcasts on be it google apple or spotify those are the big three uh please give us a comment on our instagrams at zero left podcast both on instagram and twitter and uh go ahead and subscribe if you haven't that way when we release these episodes every wednesday early in the morning you can catch them no matter what time zone you are in honey you got something to go with yeah i just want to add uh while we do have a break week here uh in Two weeks, there's the Australian GP, like we mentioned before in this episode. While it might be in a bit unadvantageous time for us, we will be there. We'll be on Twitter, on our spaces with the uh, the watch, follow along. Uh, wherever you are, wherever you're listening from, we'll be there. Join us. Love it. Uh, we had a great discussion uh, while we were watching the race last week, this past week. So I look forward Absolutely to it. Absolutely. I love it. So, uh Ken, any last words from you being our first guest on the Zero Left Podcast? What you got? It was an absolute pleasure, guys. Really appreciate you having me on here. Yeah, thank you for joining us. And uh, yeah, it's been another episode of Zero Lift. Keep it pinned, and we'll see you next time. Peace.